0: Hey there, everybody. So glad that you are with us, and we bless you where you're at. We pray that you increase in grace and in peace, in wisdom, in favor with God and with men. And we're so glad that together we get to get into the Word tonight. Today, wherever you're at, at our own convenience, so thankful that we can get the Word, that we can get fed faith by God's faithful words. Let's go ahead and take a moment and let's pray together. Now, before we do that, we're going to be talking about who God is, who God shows himself as. And tonight we're going to talk about God who shows himself as our shepherd. Now, when we talk about a shepherd, we're talking about one who is going to um, lead, feed, and keep us. So I'm going to ask you right now, are you too kept by God right now? Is your and my life too uh, led? Can we not uh, feed our faith and grow in being led of God and in in eating well? Have you had too much spiritual faith food and too much revelation of God? Has your mind been too renewed that the shepherd himself cannot help and feed you more? Are we at that place? I'm going to give you a moment to check your own heart about it. If you and I have not come to a the greatest knowing and um, faith in God as our shepherd as we can, then I, I believe it's imperative that we take some moments tonight and we feed our faith on it and we go to the scriptures. So believe with me, I'm going to believe with you, that together we're going to see God and know him as our shepherd like never before. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you and we're asking for your help. We're asking, Father, for supply of your spirit to make your word go forth well in this place and wherever it touches, that it would not return back your word void, but it would accomplish what you have purposed it and sent it forth to do. And tonight that it would cause us to know you and experience you as our shepherd. And Father, we are asking now For your grace to abound towards us. That as we see it here in these times, we will be quickened and your life within us and your grace upon us would enable us to live by this reality. Live by the truth of this good news. We thank you for it, Father. We receive it now. We take it in by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go together at Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. Hallelujah. The 23rd Psalm. We are talking. We are uh, touching on God as our shepherd. Now, as you're going there, Psalm 23, the reason why this is so important is that I, I would, I sense as I've been meditating on these things that God just on the inside of me, the thought was coming up that he has been, what's the right word, father? Impersonated. That there are people that have said this or that thing and they and they've given this idea that this is God. This is God. So much so that I think he has been the most impersonated person in that that is in the the realm of knowing. Well, let's think about it. Any person that's come and gone, right? If they've been around for a hundred years. He's been around forever, so civilization and, and age after age has continued. And God has had many upon many that have said, "Yes, He's the God that will put sickness and disease on you. He's the God that will cause you." In fact, so many have believed. We talked last uh, in just some some days ago about God, our provider. So many have believed that if you're really going to live a godly life, then you will accept poverty and you will accept having nothing. But we went through a lot of scriptures that showed God said he's our provider and how he provides and not one of those touched on you and I living a life of poverty. So where did that come from? They've been man's ideas showing forth like this is God. It's a lie. And if you and I believe that we're going to just continue on and do what? Misrepresent God. And that's a big problem. And so that's why we're taking the time. We want to see it correctly. We want to see what has God said. Who has he said he is? Because then you and I can take that and day after day we can trust fully that if there's something that shows anything different from God being this way, then we can trust him and we can know in just moments of time that's got to change. We can resist that because that's not God, and we live for God. God's in us and on us. And so he's going to be who he said he is. And if he's God our provider, then we will have the provision. What we're looking today, God is our shepherd, our shepherd. And a shepherd will lead, a shepherd will feed, and a shepherd will keep. And so let's look together Psalm 23. And the scriptures here say the Lord is my shepherd now this is one of the redemptive names of God and that's why we're touching on it is that God is Jehovah um, I, I'm believing the right name is Ra if I'm or Ra uh, you know irregardless what it's saying is I am God who shows myself as your shepherd God wants to be seen. He wants to show himself. He wants to be able to have access to be seen in our lives, which means he's not going to overpower and enforce. He's going to allow us to allow him to have his way. And so the Lord is my shepherd. Now, what's in connection with that? Let's continue the verse. It says, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, this word want means to lack. So the Lord's my shepherd, and I shall not lack. This word shall, it denotes a law. I want, I want to make that clear. You know, in this earth, so many are familiar with gravity. Gravity is a natural law, right? If you or I jump off of a roof, we shall what? We shall fall. We shall be brought down to the ground, right? That is spiritual law. Well, there is a there that's a natural law. This is a spiritual law that when you and I choose and make God our shepherd and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of our life, He is known through the scriptures as the good shepherd, as uh, the great shepherd, and as the chief shepherd. And so, Jesus wants to be shepherd in our lives. And when you and I Make him shepherd in our life and allow God to shepherd in our life. What we are doing is putting ourselves in a situation where the spiritual law, hallelujah, that's connected with the shepherd can work in our lives. And that law is going to do what? It's going to cause it so that you and I shall not lack. We shall not want for any good. We shall not. Hallelujah. Continuing in these verses, we see in the second verse, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me to lie down. Now this makes me, again, I want to emphasize that he is not an enforcer. I say that because people have gotten the idea that God is omnipotent, meaning all powerful. So if he wants you to do something, he'll make you do something. Well, that's not true. There's too much to see here. That uh, disqualifies that idea. That's not something that we can find throughout the scriptures. God will influence. God will inspire. But God will not enforce. And in fact, him being a shepherd is a, is a part and form that we can see that. He's not a rancher, right? He's not going to drive sheep. He's going to herd. He's going to call. He's going to lead. This is our shepherd. And so he makes us to lie down in green pastures. So we see there is rest when you and I are with the shepherd. When you and I have the shepherd in our lives. We don't have to work seven days a week just to get by. You and I don't have to stress and strain just to have uh, enough. No, when we have the good shepherd, he'll give us more than enough time, more than enough energy, he'll prosper our way so that we'll have time to play and we'll have time to lay and rest and enjoy. He'll make us to lie down in this denotes green pastures. Notice they're not dried up and withered away. No, they're fresh. They've gotten good rain. They have been blessed and they are plentiful. And these, uh, it says green pastures. Well, a pasture is also noted as a habitation or a home. It's a, it's a place that the sheep are going to lay. This is their house, right? Notice it's not just one. There is an abundant. There is pastures, pastures. And he's going to make us to lie down in green pastures, in blessed, plentiful Places, not place, Place is Our God, we will see, is an abundant God. We saw it as we looked at him as our provider. We're going to see it more and more as he's our shepherd. Now let's continue in verse 3. I'm sorry, in verse 2 it says, He leads me beside the still waters. So again, there's not chaos with our shepherd. He's leading you beside a still place, which is also going to be the places in which we hear from our shepherd. He'll bring you to a place that's not chaotic and hard to hear from him. He'll bring you to a place, he'll bring us to places where it's still, where it's calm, where you can hear. And this is, you'll actually find more and more as you look and as you get to know God, as we continue in him, we'll find In his presence is peace. In his presence is also fullness of joy. And it's in this place where he makes us to uh, thank you, Father, to he'll lead us beside these calm places, these peaceful places. And the third verse says, He restores my soul. Now, to restore is to bring back. It's to bring back to a place in which there's no hindrance, to a place in which there was no damage. When God took Jesus and Jesus laid down his own life for us, they brought us back to a way of living that was oh, unforeseen in ages. And they, God, his original intention with man was to be in a place of living like that original garden and man did not lack any good thing in that garden and man had fellowship with god right face to face god would wait till what the cool of the day and he'd come on over to to adam and to eve and he'd fellowship with them in the cool of the day oh my and they understood god well they were made like him oh my This is what God wants for us. He wants to bring us back to a place where we can have open and unended fellowship with him. And you and I can enjoy everything with him. This is part of the shepherd. And so, hallelujah. So he's restoring what part of us? Our soul. Now, the soul is not the spirit. The spirit is who we are. The soul is what we have. And you and I, we don't have a born-again soul. No, we have a recreated spirit. Who we are was made new, but our mind needs to be renewed. Every day, continuously, by the word of God, you and I are going to have to present ourselves to God and allow His word and his scriptures to renew our mind, and to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And this is how, one of the ways and parts, he's going to be able to have our minds, our emotions restored. But there's part of this, and, and let's look, we can see this very principle, let me open my notes. When I was meditating on this, I sense that the Lord is bringing this to my heart, that He restores our soul. He returns the mind, the will, and the emotions to an unhindered state. When sin entered in, man was hindered, and he was brought back to a low state of living. Well, God's going to restore you and I, our mind, will, and emotions, so that we go back to the original state better than ever could be. We go back to being sons of God and open fellowship is readily available for us. Now, he cleanses our conscience from dead works to serve him. This is what we find in Hebrews nine fourteen, that there is this aspect that God is our shepherd. He cleanses. He washes our conscience. What is the conscience? It's the voice of our soul, your mind, and your emotions. They have a voice and this conscience, it's so real. And there are times where people have done some things they shouldn't have done and it's going against them and their conscience gets hard and it bothers them and they'll go to do something right and that thought will come back of what they did wrong. And you and I have an advantage. There's some good news. Hebrews 9.14 touches on it, that this blood of Christ it has caused us to be in this position where now he cleanses us cleanses our mind and our emotions and completely restores and and it causes us to be in position as if, as if we never did that wrong thing we never did that wrong action we never said that thing we never thought that thing we never cuz our conscience is cleansed from the dead work it's as if it never happened it's like if we had dirt in our hands But we got them washed, we cleansed them. And then someone that didn't see the dirt came in, they would not treat us as if we had dirty hands because it wouldn't be seen. This is how it is with our shepherd. He has restored our mind, restored our emotions. There are people that have been abused years and years ago, people that have had some hard experiences. What is the shepherd doing for you right now? He's bringing you into a place. As if it never happened. And it's treating, it's not causing you to put yourself in bad positions. But it is causing you to not allow that hurt to affect you anymore. And it's cleansing your conscience. It's causing you to be completely unaffected by that person that tried to harm you. No, no, no. Not anymore. Not anymore. Because God is our shepherd and he restores our soul. Now let's continue in this. It goes on and says, "Thank you, Lord. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake." Now He'll lead us in the right ways. Well, the right ways mean you don't have to uh, <laughs> you don't have to fire him three months down the road because you chose the right person. The right ways are you don't have to leave that job just days later because you chose the right one. The right ways. He's leading us in ways that will not falter and fail. He's leading us in ways. Now this word, righteousness. This is the just and right ways of God. The um the actual word also brings out prosperity. And, and this is what... I sense the Lord put on my heart as I was meditating on this, that righteousness is used to denote prosperity. He leads us in the right and in the prosperous way. Why does he do this? What purpose is it for God to lead us in the right and in the prosperous way? Well, it tells us right there. It says, for his name's sake. When you and I continually do things that just... people wonder how is it that just worked out for them how is it that they're living so well and that you know you can tell god's been good to them what is it what it's a witness it makes god look good when his sheep are shining when they're coming out well fed when they got a nice clean coat and man it looks like they've been brushed well it makes their shepherd look real good and it's for his name's sake you and i are ordained to make jesus christ look fabulous and all those that he has used in our lives and connected us to we are ordained there is grace of god upon us to make them look good to make jesus look good through them and to make god the father look good through him because he is our shepherd he takes such good care of us now let's continue and it says yes though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear how much how much evil none i'm gonna fear no evil why we have not digressed the lord you can say it with me the lord is my shepherd so i'll I, I walk through that valley yeah i can feel it the shadow of death is all on this man it's dark in this place man it's In that place of complete and utter darkness, has the shepherd left? No, no, right there. He has already said he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. The only way that you and I would be alone and without the shepherd in the valley of the shadow of death is because we left him. He will never leave us. The shepherd will always be right there. Hallelujah. Let me make sure that I gave you everything he gave me for that. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. And you'll see as we keep our mind on this, as we know, that God is my shepherd and that he is not leaving me and he's here to feed me well and lead me well and what and what and keep me in all my ways. There's no evil thing that shall prosper against me. How much shall I fear? None, none, but you're going to (laughs) be, you're going, you're going to die of hunger. No fear. But you're going to go bankrupt. I said, I will not fear. My, my shepherd is here. So whom do I fear? What person? What place? What thing? No, my good shepherd, all good he will bring. I will not fear. I will not fear. Hallelujah. He's here. And it goes on and says, why? For you are with me. We need to remind ourselves who's with us when it gets hard when it gets dark when the fear presses in we need to remind ourselves no no he's with me he's with me who my shepherd my keeper my oh he makes sure i eat well he makes sure that i am provided for he's my shepherd the one that makes me lie down in green pastures the one that leaves me beside still waters he's with me he's with me and because of him I will not want, I will not lack for any good. He's with me. Hallelujah. And it continues and tells us your rod, talking about God, our shepherd, the Lord Jesus, our shepherd, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So when the shepherd's there, you're encouraged. We are encouraged. We're comforted. Now we have been given the Holy Spirit, the comforter. This is a great connected point in how the shepherd is going to work. He's going to work through him. And while you and I can give the Holy Spirit more or less access and more or less way to work in our lives. But when we allow him to work, the comforter is going to ensure that we are fully comfortable and comforted. If you're not comfortable, If we are not comfortable, we need to check that we are yielding to the comforter. I'll say it again. that's, That's not even in my notes. If we are not comfortable, we need to check that we are yielding to the comforter. Because he'll even lead us to the scriptures that will enable us to see this the right way. To approach this the right way. And it will enable us to make the adjustments needed. It will enable us, even in the hardest of places, in the hardest of times, to live with comfort. Because he never leaves. The comforter is always there. So why would you and I not be comfortable? No, we can be. In every way, in every form, we can be comfortable. And so let's continue. It says, You prepare a table before me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. There they are. They want you to fail. They want you to go under. And they got to watch you experience the goodness of God. They have to watch you eat good, live good, wear good. They got to watch you overcome. They have to watch you and I Hallelujah. God is giving. I don't know if you're seeing this like I'm seeing this. It's the very mercy and goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repent. You want to know why he's choosing you and I to show his goodness? Because he still loves those enemies. And it's a good witness to your and my enemies when they want us to go under and they realize God's for us. It's the way in which they can repent and God can grant them to repent because they realize I was wrong. I judged them wrong. I, I shouldn't have said that about them. I shouldn't have treated them like that. I shouldn't. God is for them. God has blessed them. And God said, if, if you try and curse those I've blessed, you'll be cursed. It's not going to work out well for you. God's blessed them. I, I need to change. I need to do them good too. Them, I'll I'll tell you how it came to my heart as I was meditating on it. It says, um, thank you, Father. What a better way for those who despise lovers of God to see this goodness of God on display. It's a way in which he establishes his covenant in this earth through us. You'll find this in Deuteronomy 8.18. That God has given us power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant through us. It makes him look good and it brings those who oppose him to realize who he is. He's the good God. He's God our provider. He's God our shepherd. Now let's continue. There's more to see. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. It says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You anoint my head with oil. The anointing is is God's consecration. It's God putting ability on some person for a special work. And God our shepherd, he is in in the position of wanting to anoint us, wanting to empower us for work in this earth. And it is part of what we talked about earlier, being a representative. God is so good. When he puts us in power to represent, he gives us great power to represent with. And it enables us. There's power to be witnesses that he has given to us. Part of it we've talked about. Looking good. Having the good life. Having the best of jobs, having the best of businesses, having what people will so uh, yearn and desire for, it is a way in which he can draw them to himself. Well, hallelujah. Jesus anointed and would send out disciples to do that work. God is in, as our shepherd, is in this business that he has ministry for us. There are people around about us, people in our jobs, people in our neighborhoods, people that he so desires to be in fellowship with him. And he's going to use people like who? You and me. This is part of being led in the paths of righteousness, is that he anoints us and he'll send us out his sheep to do his work and to cause all who will receive him To be brought into relationship with him. Hallelujah. God, he yearns for this fellowship. Now, let me continue. Our cup does what? Our cup just barely, barely gets filled. You know, we got just a little bit, just a little, little bit. That's what the shepherd does for us, right? (laughs) My wife's saying, no, no, no. Just enough, though, right? Our our shepherd, he makes sure that our cup has just enough, right? That's why we pray. God, thank you for, thank you for giving us our needs. And if someone dares pray, give me something I desire. Oh, we're going to slap them down good because, man, what in the world are they thinking? Come on, man. No, no. He makes our cup. I want you to say this. Make it personal. He makes my cup overflow. He makes it overflow. Why? Because he's my shepherd. And the shepherd is not okay with just enough in my cup. Now let's look at this. God knows all. He knows the very molecular components of the makeup of what's going into our cup. He knows just how many drops are needed. To fill it up right to the brim and cause not a single, uh, yes sir, not a single milliliter or CC to come off the side and roll and touch a part of that side of the cup. But what does he do? He keeps pouring it on up and causes it to flow over and causes it to pour out. And he is our shepherd, and he causes our cup to overflow. We can look at our life. We, in fact, it's a good thing. Look at the cup of your fridge, right? Look at the cup of your pantries. Look at the cup of your garage. Is it overflowing? Do you got too much flowing and bubbling? Look at the cup of your, yes, sir, what would you call it? Your clothes, right? Where you keep your clothes, your your closet, right? Let's Let's make this like it is. Your bank accounts. Are they overflowing? Why is it important? We talked about the provider. You and I can abound to good works when the shepherd keeps abounding towards us. It enables us to do much more for him, which goes right back to what? For his name's sake makes the good shepherd look good. Now let's continue because I, I got more to get to here. Thank you, Father, for your helping. And it continues here and says, surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me all the days of my life. We ought to be able to look at our life and look at the days that have transpired. And we ought to be able to see the goodness and mercy of God, not just in instances, but in every step, in every day. Because they're following us, which means, if thank you, Father. Yes, sir. We ought to be able to see it every day. In every way, what His mercy, His wonderful goodness, which is also you and and my being good and being merciful, and because we have the God, we have God as our shepherd, we'll be able to look back, and we'll be able to denote and see that God enabled us to be good, enabled us to be merciful which is enabling him to do it much, much more for us. And it is part of us knowing God as our shepherd that enables this, which in turn makes him look good. And so we'll see this last portion of this psalm, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are people that don't want any relationship with God And they are people that I I sense we can say don't know God as their shepherd. When you and I truly know God as our shepherd, this is the result. It shows the product of a life and of a person that wants nothing less than all their life with the shepherd. They're not satisfied with a day without him. Now, this new covenant we're living in, when you and I make Jesus Lord of our life... He makes his home in us, and the Holy Spirit makes his home in us and comes on us for power, for ministry. Well, the shepherd is not, yes, sir, the shepherd is within. So when you and I are giving access to the shepherd, we're giving access to one who is on the inside of us. It's possible for you and I to go day after day after day And act as if we don't have a shepherd. Act as if there's no one outside of us, inside of us, to feed us, and to lead us, and to keep us. And it's a fool's way to live. And it will be produced in people that don't desire God. And don't desire the things of God. Because in all actuality, there's a part of God they don't know. And they don't know Him as their shepherd but you and i can change that and in fact it will influence them when we can step forward and we can show god's our shepherd because he is we don't want we are fully supplied and satisfied hallelujah this rubs off on others and this is how they will desire him for themselves Let's continue here. Jesus, we looked at this. I want you to go with me to John 10. Hallelujah. I'm sensing. I, I know we said this in our last message and, and it's it's continued in truth here. That God, as we touch on these scriptures and as we look at this and feed our faith on it, we're going to John 10, verse 14. I'm sorry, verse 11. Thank you, Lord. John 10, 11. As you and I feed our faith on this, God is showing himself as our, pro- as our provider and as our shepherd like never before. So I'm glad if he has led you well in these years. You may have served him longer than I have, and I'm thankful for that if that's the case. But he can show himself as our shepherd to you in an even greater way than you've ever seen and for you i'm excited for that to to occur and praise god i'm excited for it for us we are going to know him as our shepherd like never before now let's look at this together cuz jesus said here i am the what <laughs> the good shepherd that's what jesus said what do you say i am the good shepherd he said the good shepherd Gives his life for the sheep. (laughs) He gives his life for the sheep. Now let's look at verse number 4. And um, verse number 4 says, And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep do what? Follow him. So the sheep are expected to follow. So he's not enforcing... He's not in expecting the sheep to be driven, which again shows us God is not an enforcer. He's an influencer. He's one that will inspire. And it continues and says, For they know his voice. They know his voice. And let's continue. It says in the fifth verse, And a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. God as our shepherd, as his sheep, it's an expectation that we know his voice. It should not be far-fetched that you and I hear from God on an everyday basis. It should not be far-fetched that he leads us and guides us and that we hear from him. Now let's continue and look at verse number seven. And it says, Then said Jesus to them again, Verily, verily, or truthfully, truthfully, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out. Don't you see And aren't you glad that there is liberty with the Master? He's not trying to restrict us and close us in. He's bringing us to places where what? There's freedom. You come in, you go out. Oh my, he is endeavoring as our shepherd to lead us into the most, uh, yes, sir, the most libertarian lives. And days of our life. He wants us to truly know liberty. The truth. His truth. Makes free. Thank you Lord. And so it says that they shall go in and out. And they shall find pasture. They shall find house. They shall find home. Oh hallelujah. They shall find habitation. Tenth verse. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. (laughs) He doesn't stop there. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. We see a complete contradiction to the enemy. The enemy is coming to steal and he's coming to kill, and he's coming to destroy, but Jesus, our good shepherd, is doing none of that. He's not there to steal from you, which means he's not trying to steal your time, or your energy, or your fun, young days of your life. When you give yourself to him at a ripe young age, you're not losing the best of your life. You're gaining the best. You're putting it into the hands of the one who is enabling you to have life and have it what? More abundantly. The abundant life is only through God, our shepherd, the Lord Jesus, the great and chief shepherd. And, yes sir, okay. Let's continue here. Let's look at verse number 14 now. Again, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. So it's not enough that he knows us, but that we also know him. Which means, my friends, it's, it's it is, there are many that have known God and have known the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And do not know him as their shepherd. It's not a requirement to know God and to know the Lord Jesus as our shepherd in order to be saved. So there are many, many that have actually already gone through their whole life long and went home to be with the Lord and are waiting upon his return and all of us to come together now that are looking back and realizing they went their whole span of life in the earth without knowing God as their shepherd. So they lacked good things. They wanted, and they thought it was right and good, and in all retrospect, they were missing out on a part of God. Well, there's good news. You and I can make the change right now and look to Him and know Him as our shepherd, and we can go through our whole life long and not miss out on Him in this way. And we can know him, and as we do, we will not lack any good. And will be led in right paths and in prosperous ways. And he will look good through us, and many will be reached by him through us. And then others will know the goodness of God our shepherd. We are here in verse 14. He said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known of mine. Verse 27. Jesus said, my sheep do what? Hear my voice. And I know them. Oh, don't you like that? Jesus loves you. He likes you too. And he knows you. There's no greater one to lead us and to feed us and to keep us but the one who knows us. He knows how to lead us well. He knows what, you know, parents, I think, have seen this. They know what their kids are going to eat, right? They've tried feeding them that already. They might try again, but they know their kids. God, our Father, knows us. And He knows the best way and ways in which to lead us and to feed us and in which to keep us in all of our ways. And um, continuing on here, twenty-seven. It said, I know them and they, again, follow me. Which means we don't have to follow him. We don't have to respond to his voice. 28th verse, and I give unto them eternal life. The eternal life, God's life, everlasting life, life that will never perish. It's working in those who know God as their shepherd. It's working in those that hear his voice And know Him and follow Him. The everlasting life can be there and lie dormant and inactive unless we yield to Him and follow that voice and do what He says do. The very quickening power of God's very life that raised Christ and everyone with it from the dead will be right there, waiting to go to work, waiting to be used, and waiting, and waiting. And waiting until what? Until we respond and do what we heard him say do. Because he's God, our shepherd. And these things that we hear, they're not suggestions. They are directives. the, The directions from God are directives from God. Now let's continue. And it says, Neither shall, oh I like this, any man. You could say any place. You could say any person. You could say anything. Neither shall they pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You and I are in a hand that is that cannot be touched. When we stay in the way of... Of God our shepherd, we put ourselves in a place of protection and a keeping power that no devil, no darkness, no evil in this earth can touch. Hallelujah. Let's look together. Thank you, Father. Romans 8. Romans 8, 14. As you're going to Romans eight fourteen, some of you I know can quote it. And it's a good one to quote, isn't it? But it and maybe you know this but it's good to remind ourselves. Romans 8:14 says for as many as are what led by the spirit of God. When we hear his voice and follow him, what's happening? He's leading us. We're being led of him. And thank you, Father. Peace be still. Hallelujah. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again, what to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, I have a father. 16th verse says, The Spirit itself, or I would say himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There is this aspect of God as our shepherd where he on the inside of us is bearing witness to truth. He says right here that he's bearing witness to the truth that you and I are born again, have been recreated, and are his children. You know, you and I can look on the inside of us and we can, we can tell right now, yes, I am assured that when God and the Lord Jesus come back, He's coming back for me and I'm going with him. I will not die, I will not perish. I will be with him forever. That is a knowing that it, there's a witness by the very spirit of God inside of us. And that same witness that that causes us to be confident and know we'll be with him forever is the same witness that will lead us in the other truth. It's the same witness that will show you who to marry, will show you what job to take, will show you where to go preach, where to teach the word of God, will show you who you can be friends with, will show you who you can trust, will show you, will show you. Hallelujah. Let's look together. Let's go back to John and let's look at John 14. Is that good, Father? Hallelujah. And as you're going to John 14, I want to take you to... You're going to John 14. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm endeavoring to get this to you in the best way possible, and I'm thankful that your faith is working with mine, and the Spirit of God is helping us. Hallelujah. Oh, we have the Helper, the Comforter. We have one like none other. Now, so John 14, let's look at verse 26. John 14, 26. I'm on a little separate expedition here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So John 14 and 26. And it says here, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, or you could say the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you how many things all things and bring all things to your remembrance he's a good reminder whatsoever i have said to you now let's look at john 16 we're seeing the ministry of the holy spirit and this is very this is inseparable from god as our shepherd leading us and we'll see that here John sixteen verse thirteen, it would do you good if you're sensing that you're seeing. It just seems like I can't hear from God. I can't hear from God. It just seems like I'm not led of God. I'm not. Look at John ten. Look at John thirteen through seventeen. Through these chapters, you will see continually the Holy Spirit's ministry and His leading and guiding us into all truth and His bringing back to our remembrance all things that God has said. And if you got to remind yourself every day, this is going to remind you, God is my shepherd and I will know not just a good way. I will know the way. I will know the answer. I will know. I will know because he's my shepherd. Now let's look here. 1613. Hallelujah. How be it when he The Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into how much? All truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You and I never have to be blindsided in this life. We can know what to expect, we can know what's to come. And Let's look up to verse... Let's see here. Thank you, Father. In verse 14, it says, He shall glorify me, Jesus said, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. So Jesus is the great and chief shepherd. And you can see that. I didn't take you to those verses. For time's sake, John 10, he says he's the good shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20, and 1 Peter 5, 4. You can write those down. Hebrews thirteen twenty. 1 Peter 5:4 you will see Jesus is regarded as the good as the great sh- shepherd and as the chief shepherd so Jesus our shepherd is going to give to the holy spirit what's his and the holy spirit's going to show it to us this is god as our shepherd in our lives this is also why many have not allowed the shepherd to work in their lives and he continues and says, All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it to you. Now we're going to go go ahead with me to John 21 while you're in John. And as you're going there, I'm going to read to you from 1 John. So John 21. This is an aspect of shepherd that I believe is imperative to see. John 21 verse 15. And as you're there, I'm going to 1 John 2 and 20. And here in 1 John 2, 20, it says, But you have an unction, or a knowing, from the Holy One, and you know all things. This is what our Good Shepherd does for us. He causes us to know not everything, let's be real, everything you need to know. Everything you need to know about that task, everything you need to know about that job, everything you need to know about that person. And this is a a very valid point as well then. If we were not shown anything about that, we did not need to know. There are people beating themselves up spiritually and soulically because they they thought they should have done more. They they thought they should have done more and this happened and that But the Spirit of God never showed them to do anything there. You know, Lazarus was dead, and they're asking Jesus, Why didn't you go? You know, if you had been here, they they didn't say, Why didn't you go? They said, Hey Jesus, you know, if you were here, this wouldn't happen. You know, we know if you were here, he wouldn't be dead. And Jesus is being grieved. Why? He did not just do whatever he wanted to do, he only could do what God showed him to do. And when you and I live with God as our shepherd, it's no different for us. We can't just go do whatever we want. We it's imperative. We can. Let me take that back. We can do whatever we want. If we want to be successful. If we want to lack no good. If we want to be led by the still waters. If we want to lie down in green pastures. If we want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil then it is imperative that we allow God, our shepherd, to have access in and through our lives. And it means he may correct us. It means he may remind us of some things. And if he doesn't have that right and access, then we're going to find ourselves unsuccessful in these areas. And, and like we said before, the, Satan, the enemy, is trying to steal, kill, and destroy by bringing to people's minds that, you know, thinking people that they knew. They wouldn't have got a divorce if you had talked to them about this and that. They would not have gone bankrupt if you have done this and that. They would not have died if you had done this. And trying to bring what? Condemnation to us. Trying to be an enemy and an adversary to our mind and our emotions. And in all actuality, God never showed us to do anything about it. So how much condemnation should we have? Absolutely none. The only things that we're required to do anything about are the things that God as our shepherd and the Holy Spirit has shown us. Then we're required. Then we're responsible. But if he showed me nothing, if he showed you and I nothing about that, then it's nothing to us, and we need not be troubled about it. Hallelujah. We shall know all things we need to know. Now, here in John 21, and I believe this is in closing, verse number 15. Are you glad? You know, there are shepherds in our lives. Our pastors are some of the greatest shepherds. God has given to us, the church, the body of Christ, his best. He has given to us his best. And the shepherds he's given to us are the pastors. Pastors. It's interesting that word. You know, we looked at Psalm 23, and it talks about, you know, He makes us to lie down in green what Pastors, the pastoral, right? Past pastors are shepherds, and they shepherd God's flock. They lead the local church, and they are wonderful gifts. Wonderful, I, I need. To say, they are pastors. I want to tell you, you are wonderful gifts to this body of Christ. Thank you. We thank God for you. Thank you. And there are things that pastors, shepherds experience that others don't always know. And um, there are pressures. And think about this. As a shepherd, what? You're walking through this valley of the shadow of death. You fear. No, there are fears and there are pressures and there are cares. Paul talked about the cares of the church had come on him daily. This is what pastors are experiencing. And time and time again, they're they're being put in this this, uh, pressed situation where they have to choose. Am I going to please God and please him who is my shepherd and be led of him and do this that I know is going to cause people to be upset and cause them to be displeased? They're having to choose whether they're going to please God the Father and God their shepherd or please the people. Well, guess what? The people are going to end up getting displeased anyway. Might as well please the good shepherd, even if they get offended. Not that we're trying to offend a soul. But we must please the Lord our shepherd. I'm so thankful for our pastors. And um, here, let's see here. Kind of gave you the, the cliff notes to what we're going to see here. John 21, verse number 15. And it says, so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas. Now, let me say this. Peter is, at least for a portion of time, about to be the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. James was pastor of the church. And then I believe in in his martyrdom, he was that. I believe from that point, Peter had become the, the, um, yes, sir the pastor of that church. And Peter, you saw, he was actually the one, and you find this in Acts, he preached the first salvation message and got out there and said, you know, and God had, oh, thank you, Lord. He's about to be God's spokesperson. He's about to be God's mouthpiece. And Jesus is giving him these words. I pray you take this very seriously. I pray you, You spend moments here and really hear this. Thank you, Father. And he says, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, what? Out of all the things he could say to his minister, what is he telling them? He telling them, make sure you meet and greet every single one. Make sure there's a cafeteria. Make sure you're feeding naturally every single one. I know this is, what kind of feeding is Jesus talking about? He tells him, feed my lambs. What kind of feeding? What kind of feeding is he talking about? Jesus, when he was tempted, he said, he went back to the scriptures and Deuteronomy. And he resisted Satan. And he told him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word out of the mouth of God. Children of God are, are meant to live by the nourishment of God's word. And God has chose his ministers to be the vessels and the channels in which they are nourished by. And this is, yes, sir, it's a big responsibility. Paul had talked about, he said, necessity is laid upon me. Woe is unto me if I don't preach this gospel. I got to preach it. He said, you know, whether whether I do it a part of my will or against my will, There is a need for me to preach this good news. Someone else's faith being fed is dependent upon it. You and my preaching this good news, you and my teaching these words, their belief and their trust in the Lord Jesus, it's hinged upon it. And if we love Him, we'll love them. And we'll know very well, hey, I can feed you a pork sandwich, right? (laughs) You know, new covenant, we can eat pork, right? I can feed you naturally right now. And that's not going to change you for eternity. But if I feed you the word of God, your spirit and your soul can be forever changed. And the feeding that Jesus is talking about here is the feeding that a good shepherd will do and it's feeding the and nourishing faith with faith words with God's words with words we've heard and words we're sharing just as the spirit of God's doing Jesus is showing to the holy spirit what's his and this the holy spirit's not changing it he's bringing it to us just as he heard it good ministers what we can do and what we are enabled by the grace of God to do is to hear from him from the Holy Spirit and to share it unchanged unhindered and it is feeding his lambs oh my it's feeding his sheep and it is God our shepherd leading us and feeding us and keeping us and there is such a war against us, God's ministers, doing this. Shorten that time. Condense it. Spend more time in the praise and in the worship. Spend more. The people like that. The people want this. The people want... I I know it had come up, Brother Billy Graham, in some of his latter days here upon the earth, he had written a book, and he was uh, uh, noting how there were churches that they were reaching out and surveying their neighborhoods to find what do the people want in a church. And then they would take that information and they'd build the church the way the people in that surrounding neighborhood desired a church. And he had made this, and I'm paraphrasing, but I believe the same spirit, the same faith and tone is in it. He had made this declaration that, that people, God's people and church leaders were getting to a place where they were um, afraid of displeasing any person but God. And there was this tone by these leaders and by these people that, well, God will understand, right? So it doesn't so much matter. We don't need to pray and seek Him about it. The people we do need to seek about. Because if they, you know, they won't come. This thing won't last. We need to find out what they want. And they were so appealed by the people and by what the people wanted that they completely could care less whether God was pleased. This is wrong. God is our shepherd and he wants part in what we're to do. And when he has part, it leads us and guides us Into all truth And it shows us the right way People in this earth They can't show us the right way Now don't get me wrong We have wonderful elders in the faith Wonderful other ministries and ministers And God will use people to speak into our lives Yes But people alone People alone Can never Never take the place Of the good shepherd Hallelujah Let's continue here. He continues and says, he says to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my sheep. He said to him the third time. Is this important? Now, I know he had denied him three times, so he's making up for every one of those times he denied him. But this is so imperative. These are some of Jesus' last communications with Him. Some of His very last words and their last conversations. And He's making it emphatic that if you love me, you'll make sure they're fed. You'll make sure they're fed. This is I'm trying to get it across to you how how important I sense this is to Jesus. That His people be nourished in faith. That His people be fed well in faith. And when we're talking about in faith, we're talking about His Word. That they know what God's will and way is for their life in every way and area of life. And this is imperative to the Lord Jesus. If we love Him, we'll love them, and we will feed them well with faithful words. And God, our shepherd, this is what He's doing. He's giving shepherds. You know, there's a reason why. And I'm, I'm saying, yes, sir. Okay, I won't say that. Thank you, Father. Love for God and love for Jesus. Seen in this love for the sheep and his love for us. He's going to make sure that there's always a good ministry there that's feeding faithful words. And you and I will be able to know the difference. Why? Because he said, you'll know my voice. There'll be something about that spirit, something about the way it was said, something about the way it went forth. And we'll know this is not just a man, this is not just the church, this is not just the ministry. This is Jesus working through. And don't be surprised if these ones are more successful than others. Because they love God more to feed well. Don't be surprised. Because there's reward to those, we saw it, to those that diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's continue because we didn't end it. And Jesus, the third time, said, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Peter was grieved. This is bothering him because Jesus said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, Lord, what Lord is he talking about? He's talking to the shepherd. <laughs> He's also talking to the teacher and to the prophet. You want to see the height of every ministry office. You're looking at Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) But he right now is looking at the shepherd. Jesus, the shepherd. And Jesus, the shepherd with all my... I'm thinking now, to look into his eyes. You know, Brother Hagin said that the Lord allowed him to see him and he was asked about what he had looked like what he said you know what was most notable were his eyes he said they were like wells of love oh my must have been miles deep he said you look at it and they were like wells of living love wells of living love and jesus in some of his last prayers upon this earth he said father I have kept them in your name. What's he talking about? He's talking pastoral. A shepherd is a keeper. Won't let anything happen to those God's given to me. No, you may not touch them. and You may not touch them. I would say in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a part, pastors, that is given to you. To keep those in your fold, that nothing may touch them, no evil, no cancerous thing, no devilish and demonic force. No, no. Yes, I re- I recall now, Brother Hagen. The S- the Lord allowed him to pastor twelve years, I believe it was twelve, and um, he said that there was a particular. Uh, church that he was pastoring at the time, and he said that there was a a great man in their church that was at the point of death, and <laughs> Brother Hagen said he went in the, he started praying, and started interceding for this man. He said, "Lord, you can't have him, Lord. He's one of my best givers. He's one of my best helpers in the church. He serves so well. He's he's one of the best men in, in the church I've got." Lord, you can't have them. I need them back. And, and this man said that um, God had showed himself to him and told him, you you got to go back. He said, what do you mean I got to go back? He said, yeah, br- uh, Brother Hagin, he, he's standing for you. You've got to go back. He won't let you go. <laughs> he won't let you go. What are we talking about? He's keeping you. You got some more work to do and your pastor, your shepherd is keeping you. How much more the Lord Jesus you, my friends. How much more the Lord Jesus. He is our shepherd and we shall not want. We not we shall not lack any protection, we shall not lack any good. We shall not want. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, Well, Peter got some sense and he said, Lord, you know all things. Jesus, my shepherd, you know. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Hallelujah. I sense that that we can see this well. God, our shepherd, he's working and moving through us. And as he is, and you know, I want to invite you now, maybe you've sensed, and and pastors, maybe you've sensed that pressure has come to do other things. To do healing services when uh, our own church congregants are not being fed faithfully. I know it's not your heart that they go without being fed faithfully. I know it's not your heart. I know you want to grow the church. I know you want to reach more people in that community. And the Lord, our shepherd, is helping us to do both. He's going to enable us to reach. He's going to enable us to teach. He's going to enable us to preach this good news and feed the flock well and make sure that this whole church body is built up strong to the glory of God. It's by these preached words. It's by this taught word that it will be so. It reminds me now and I sense I need to share this with you and I'm thankful for the Lord's help. I'm thankful for your faith working together with us. Brother Hagen, he uh they were sending his books to different nations. And and I know a particular elder of ours, he said that a friend uh you know was, was asking him, why is it that you know you guys there at, at Kenneth Hagen Ministries and Rama are sending out his books? Why don't you send Bibles to these nations? Why don't you He said, you know, uh, this elder, he said, I I, I couldn't answer at that point in time. But he said, years later, the Lord showed him Romans 10. How shall they hear without a what? Without a Bible? No, my friends. How shall they hear without a preacher? (laughs) Without someone to preach this good news? No. When they were sending those books, they were sending a preacher. They were sending a teacher, and there were many, many across the nations. There are over 220-something Bible schools all over the nations now. Why? Because God was able to get this man to believe in this vision and to do this work and keep getting it out, and he wasn't afraid to, to preach it and to teach it and to send it out, and he kept sending it out by the goodness of God. And the Lord, our shepherd, enabled many to hear and to hear and to be fed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you and I have failed to know him in these previous days as the Lord, our shepherd, let's right now, as an act of our will, change it. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Father, we receive you now. You are our shepherd, and because you are, we shall not want. And if in any way we come before you now, if in any way we have failed to know you and to give you access to be shepherd in our life, we ask that you would help us now to, yes, sir, to come back to this knowing and to give you your place that you may lead us and guide us, and feed us, and protect us, Father. And even if these ways you're leading are in places and ways we thought, no, no, we won't go. And in things that we thought, no, that's not right, no, that's not good, that irregardless of what our minds have thought, we allow you now to correct us and to show us the way. Thank you, Jesus, our shepherd, for you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, and this is in and through your leading. We receive you as our shepherd. Hallelujah. Friends, we're so thankful for you. We bless you, and we are praying for you daily. As you are connected with us, and as you're connected with the Lord Jesus for the work of this ministry, You are not alone, and we love you, and we bless you. We want to hear from you. If we can pray and believe God with you, if you want to rejoice, we want to rejoice with you. Send it to us at spanoministries at gmail.com. Stay hooked together with us. You can see all of the ministry materials, and in in all the ways, contact us at spanoministries.org. We look forward to hearing from you soon, my friends. Bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you.